right. I think we're live. You never know with how this stuff and technology and YouTube and everything, but what is going on, people? This is Randall Thorne 19, the man with the million, back again on a Saturday, unfortunately, but had to be done. Was a little bit too busy yesterday to do the show, but even though there's really not much to talk about and that's news in itself, um, we had to do a show this week for you guys. Uh, I don't really like missing, but we're back. And with me, as always, my co-host, my buddy, my right-hand man, Jez Tarnished. What's going on, buddy? Of Windows Central fame. <laughs> I don't know. You see, you don't, you don't have the cool, like, Randall Tarnished or whatever, where I could e- you could easily say. It's just Jez, you know? It's just kinda, you just kinda, uh, you're just kind of basic, Jez. bro. Jez the Tarnished. Yeah, I'm pretty basic. That's that's me, basic Jez, you know. You know it is. But yes, we're back for another week. And man... We're really scraping the barrel. We really need some news soon, Ran. <laughs> what is there to talk about, really? <laughs> I think Microsoft is like, uh, I don't know. They, they, where are they? they? They've gone AWOL. Although they did announce some Halo stuff yesterday, so I guess there's something yeah, to well, talk about. Yeah, well, the Halo stuff from yesterday really... Uh, it's really kind of uh, angered a lot of people. So uh, we'll t- we'll talk about that later, but yeah, it's definitely it's weird. It's March. You think there'd be a lot of stuff to talk about? Um, maybe maybe some companies are holding some things off because of the situation going around in the world right now, and they'd rather not yeah. like announce certain things or do certain things. But um, yeah, there there there's some things to talk about, and you know, if you guys have any questions, make sure you put them in chat. Maybe you can come up with some better kind of segue topics for us to really kind of dance around to and talk about than I could come up with. Because <laughs> my gaming the last week, Jez, has been nothing but Elden Ring. I'm approaching I'm 40 shocked. hours. 40 hours in Elden Ring. Like, you know, for the past couple months... um. I've kind of haven't really been that much interested in, in, in gaming, right? There hasn't really been a game that's come out, come out that really kind of was like, I need to play this. And, you know, some, some, some people DM me and they'd be like, you know, they know that I like to read a lot. So, you know, I've been, I've been kind of like catching up on some books I've wanted to read and stuff. And it was just kind of like, ah, there's really nothing catching my interest. But you know what Elden Ring has done? It has, like, reignited my love of gaming, Jez, which is odd to say, considering all the times that I've basically ridiculed you for talking about Elden Ring and your <laughs> newly found love for Dark Souls. Um, honestly, sometimes I'll wake up, I'll, I'll kind of do what I need to do, and then I'll look around and I just think about Elden Ring. I think about, like, okay, what am I going to do tonight <laughs> in the game? What sort of bosses am I going to fight? Like, I don't know, man. Um, so... Thank you from software for, you know, because I get like this sometimes. You play so many games that sometimes it's like I need to chill, you know, kind of like you kind of get burnt out. But uh, Elden Ring's brought me back from the dead, Jez. Man, that that is literally what Dark Souls did for me. Like I, I hadn't played anything that really super excited me for a really long time. And Dark Souls, like, I know it's 10 years old or whatever, but it really snapped me out of that. And I suppose, um, you know, Elden Ring's done that for you a bit. Like I, but the the scary thing for me, Rand, I don't know if you feel the same way. Is it's uh, it's kind of increased my expectations <laughs> a really? little bit. I could not go back to a Ubisoft open world after this. Mm. I just couldn't. 
Well, you really, like you Ubisoft. really didn't like Ubisoft Open Worlds, regardless. So, well, for for the longest time, it was almost like all that was, you know. But like, and so, like, I don't know if you've even tried it yet, but Cyberpunk one point five is also really, really good. And I was kind of bouncing between Elden Ring and Cyberpunk as well because they have done a huge amount of work to bring that game up to scratch, you know, in line with some of the things people expected from it. Like the AI is so much better. There's like loads of like little events now in the game. Like in in, uh, in Cyberpunk, you'll just be walking around and then random stuff will happen that definitely wasn't in the game before. I've added like new quest elements here and there. Like... It really does feel like they're they're trying to bring it back back up to speed. And as someone who completed completed the original version, it's been really interesting to go back and see all the little tweaks they've done. Um, but yeah, man, oh, Elden Ring is just it's just on another yeah. level. It really is. And I'm reusing the footage uh, that I captured from like the basic first hour of gameplay because I was going to capture some last night. But I'm 40 hours in, and I'm like in areas that. M- I don't really feel should be spoiled for people or boss fights. So I didn't capture anything new, you know, because I got some badass armor now. Uh, I'm tearing, you know, tearing stuff up with my build. Uh, some bosses I have no trouble beating whatsoever. Other bosses, it take me 10 tries to beat them. Um, but I didn't really want to spoil anything because I know a lot of people aren't maybe as far as I am. So that's why it's the same footage. Um, because I don't want to spoil people, but, um, yeah, we got a lot of top topics to talk about. Uh, we, we do have some things to talk about. So if you guys would do us a big favor, uh, make sure you hit that like button and please share this out. So people know that we're live an hour earlier than normal. Um, you know, when we do the show on Saturday, I feel awful. And, uh, because Gaz's show game on daily that Gaz does with Asa, which I'm a big fan of. I love Gaz. I love their podcast. Um, I always feel bad for doing it around the time that they do it. So we moved. If we do the show on Saturday, we'll move it an hour ahead. So because so by the time we're we're finished, they're just starting. So I don't want to like run into other people's times. Um, yeah. So yeah, let people know that we're actually live now, an hour earlier than normal. And we'll, you know, let's let's have a let's have a good show. I don't know how long this is gonna go for because I don't know what there really is to talk about, you know. So, uh, yeah, um, we do have some super chats I wanted to get to, and maybe this will give us a little discussion. Um, our buddy Face, who's a great supporter of the channel, thank you, buddy. He says PlayStation and Nintendo bring a lot of great games. Is Starfield the only game coming from Xbox this year, or will they show some games at E3 for this year? So this has kind of been, um. It's interesting because last year, all this stuff really goes in cycles. Um, Last year, for the majority of the year, for the first nine months, PlayStation had a couple games, Returnal and Ratchet and Clank and then some indies. And everybody was waiting for Xbox to put some stuff out. And then Xbox put some stuff out at the end of the year. Forza, Halo, Psychonauts, a couple other things. And PlayStation didn't have anything. So the talking point went from PlayStation had games at one point and then didn't have anything in the fall, and then Xbox had the games. And, well, it's kind of flipped around because now Xbox doesn't have anything in the beginning of the year and PlayStation does, and Nintendo does as well because they just did a direct. So now there's a lot of Xbox gamers that are feeling anxious 
about the games coming this year. Like, we don't really, outside of Starfield, which has a confirmed date, and Redfall, which is supposed to come in summer, uh, those are only really two confirmed games from first party uh, releasing this year. And they're releasing at the end of the year. So a lot of people are like, well, it's March now. Uh, what's coming on Xbox for the next six, seven months? And, yeah. you know, E3, which, you know, is usually in June, uh, Microsoft typically would have a show, which they normally do. Um, do you, His question is, obviously, Starfield's not the only game coming this year from Xbox. Redfall as well. Um, there's rumors that Forza Motorsport will also launch this year, which I think is going to happen. Um, I think I think Forza Motorsport will probably launch around eh, September because I have a feeling Redfall will launch in October. So I, I like I kind of think the lineup for this fall from first party is going to be um, Deathloop hitting Game Pass and Xbox in September, a year after its release, and then Forza Motorsport sometime end of September with Redfall launching in October, and then Starfield coming in November. Um, I don't really expect any other first-party games. I do think they might have some global publishing titles released this year, like um, As Dust Falls, I think, got rated recently. So Mm. that could be potentially coming pretty soon, and maybe one of those smaller projects that you and Jeff Grubb had talked about and, and leaked like project Belfry or uh, what are some other, the project ones, jazz, you got a whole list of these things, a whole, a whole, <laughs> a, a whole document of, of project names, like uh, the Josh Sawyer game yeah. potentially could come this year. Um, Pentiment. Pentiment. Yeah, I think Pentiment this year. Yeah. But um, I don't really expect any new first party games to, to be announced to come out this year. Uh, so, I mean, they'll have more games to show. And I think their show will be more focused on next year when next year is supposed to be the quote unquote, like the the whole Xbox plan of a big game every quarter is supposed to be next year because they have on paper, a lot of stuff planning on launching. Um, But then also like Xbox is also, uh, very multiplayer focused. So, you know, even though this year there isn't, there's only a few games launching, there's also people say new seasons of Sea of Thieves and new seasons of Halo Infinite and Grounded 1.0 and stuff like that. Um, are you feeling the anxiety from Xbox fans about uh, the idea uh, uh, about the lack of dates and gameplay and, and events and all that stuff, Jez? Is that something that you get a sense for on Twitter that people constantly hitting you up for stuff, uh, and information. Yeah, I am. I am getting, it is, it does keep coming up. Like I was watching Miles's show on uh, Windows central gaming and, you know, people were asking that kind of stuff as well. I think there is definitely a factor that world events has probably shifted some marketing messaging for the sake of, you know, tactfulness if, if nothing else, but um, I think that is probably a factor at play in some in some way, but I do think I think we said last year that this year was going to be a bit drier, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is a lot of us maybe expected this, um, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into Dark Souls stuff because, like, at least 
I'll have something to play between now and Starfield. Like, can you imagine if I didn't get it? Because I was like, I was one of these guys who was like, I, I can't do Souls games. I'm, not, I'm no good at Souls games. Souls games are too hard. I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. I was one of these people. And I was, I was firmly in that mindset that I couldn't play Souls games. So if I hadn't got into Souls games right now, I wouldn't even be playing Elden Ring. I'd probably be playing like, I mean, at least I suppose there'd be cyberpunk, but a lot of people still don't even want to play cyberpunk or they've, they've finished it. They've done it and they're finished with it or whatever. Dying Light 2 wasn't that great. I don't think it's, it's just a map game as Jeff Grubb calls them. Although um, I actually think that term was coined by his, by his buddy, Mike, not actually Jeff, <laughs> but, um, but still, uh, I, I didn't write Dying Light 2, man. I, after I after I like you know finished that, I just thought I'll never play this again and uninstalled it. Um, so I don't know. I kind of I kind of get that. If 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 all if you're not interested in Elden Ring, there's like not a huge amount to play between now and Starfield, really. So I think it would be nice if Microsoft put something out, you know, to at least give people something to look forward to. But everything seems to be in flux right now. A lot of, a lot of that stuff. So it's just another waiting game really but i do think when i do think when we finally do get starfield it's going to be kind of like elden ring and skyrim where it's going to have like tremendous legs where it's just like it's the kind of game you can play for months you know you can play it again with a different build you can do like stuff in it and just keep playing it and it'll be like a huge game that you, you stick with for a long time i'm kind of thinking that way about elden ring right now because I'm I'm not good at Elden Ring, man. I'm telling you, I'm like I'm really bad at it. I find it really hard. So when I play Elden Ring, it's slow going, man. It takes me a while to you know do anything in the game, and um, and I know I'm going to be playing it for a long time because of that. But you know, if you're pro, you probably get through it in like a hundred hours, and then you got nothing to play again. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean. How would you if if you weren't into Elden Ring and you weren't like um, a Souls guy and you were just not going to play Elden Ring? Like, do you think you'd be feeling a bit bit of that pinch right now? Because there's not a huge amount on the docket, and the Halo update for season two wasn't that exciting. Um, I mean, I, part of the one of the perks about having all the consoles is I can play whatever game I want to play. Whenever, so if I wasn't playing Elden Ring, like I could easily just play Horizon Zero Dawn or Forbidden West. Um, you know, I played Sifu, which I loved. So, and I do have some backlog stuff like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. A year later, finally, is the correct version of the game. You know, uh, I didn't I didn't play it at launch, so there is Cyberpunk really good to play. I'm just saying, like. There's always stuff uh, in my backlog that, you know, even me, like, who tries to play as much as I possibly can, uh, I can't get to everything anymore. So I could easily pick out some things that I could play. Like, the question is, would I be excited for any of it? Because it's not really exciting to play your backlog. I don't know if anybody else feels that same way. Or maybe sometimes I get caught up in the hype. Like, I get caught up in the Elden Ring hype, and I play it, and thank God I loved it, but, like... When you there's like really no hype for like going back and playing a game in your backlog like Cyberpunk 2077 like it was a game I was really excited to play because I I, I like CD Projekt Red 
and it was like, okay, it's finally here. And then like all the bad press and everything was just like, uh, and then, and then it wasn't a next gen version. And I, I had this Xbox series X. I want, or I wanted the next gen version. I'm like, well, I'll wait for the next gen version. Cause they said one's coming. Right. And it literally took a year, but now like the excitement I had for cyberpunk is gone. So mm. it's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well I could play it, but do I really want to? I, I, I I'm kind of, I guess I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interject here. I don't, I would beg you to push through that feeling, because Cyberpunk like it's so damn good now, and I loved it at launch, you know. But I think the the way I played it probably gave me a different experience to what a lot of other people played it. Because I I played it, I barely played with the guns or a lot of the attacks. I played like purely as a netrunner and stealth. So, like, I played it kind of like Deus Ex, so I... A lot of the issues people had with some of the gunplay and the, the loot, I never got a sense of that, because I was running around setting people on fire by overloading their cybernetics or whatever. So, but I'm playing it again now as a shooter with a shotgun and absolutely loving it. Like, the shotgun feels really good to use. Um... I've got one that can shoot through walls, like it shoots like microwave bullets or something. I, I don't even know, but highly recommend it, man. When you when you're done, and also because I want to know what you think of it. No, so yeah, yeah. I'm, when I'm, you get through Elden Ring, please play Cyberpunk. Well, I do I really want to play another open world game right after I play Elden Ring? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay, that's a good one. It's 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 it's, it's different. It's not like Elden Ring's open world because it you sort of you drive yeah you drive around but it's not like you do much in the open world you sort of go into like a lot of buildings a lot of the time and play it more like it's more like big Deus Ex that's how I think of Cyberpunk it's big Deus Ex but I don't know okay. I think you'll love it I really do uh, the Outbreak Podcast says Xbox Two is the best show on YouTube hit the like button yeah thank you and make sure you guys hit the like button. Uh, it really helps out. Felipe says Elden Ring is a walk and roll backwards simulator. <laughs> I do, I do roll <laughs> a lot. Uh, and at one point I think I was heavy loads. So I was fat rolling. I'm like, I need, I need, I need to get rid of some of this stuff because I, I can't be fat rolling everywhere. Jazz. It's, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't yeah, feel saw, good to play. Um, right. I saw Maka's tweet where he's like, Oh my God, I've been playing the whole game with fat rolls. I didn't know you could get not fat rolls, which I thought was just shocking. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you can play fat rolls. Um, Arigato mm. Sir says a serious question for Mayo Man and Randall Trillionaire: Is Starfield really releasing this year? We haven't seen gameplay, nor can you pre-order the game. Starting to get Halo Infinite E3 flashbacks. I've seen this come up quite a bit about Starfield and the idea of it actually really releasing this year. Um, I'll tell you why it's releasing this year. Okay, tell me, Jazz. This please. is exact. Give me them leaks. This is exactly, this is exactly the same marketing cycle they did for Fallout Four. They didn't show Fallout Four until six months before it came out. It's exactly the same scenario. That is a hundred percent true. And I was gonna, I was gonna say that. I think people, re I think people realize that these sort of games get a very short um, window. That's why there's also a lot. If you recall last year, we had heard that Starfield was going to be revealed. There was a, a few people telling me that the game might actually release last year. And I kind of said that mm -hmm. on the podcast. And then 
certain outlets reported that and you know it was wrong and you know i was kind of like of course like i remember i had said two things i said i know for a fact it's exclusive which it was and that people some people were telling me it was coming out which it clearly didn't but one of the reasons why some of the people were you know who i usually trust that tell me some things were leaning towards it releasing was because one they were going to show it and they were hearing, you know, from people that it was going to come out. Obviously, that ended up wrong. Not everything I hear is always true. That's why I don't repeat a lot of the stuff. And that's why, Jez, you normally don't really go to bat for something unless you see documented evidence for it. And then you write about it on Windows Central, right? Yeah, generally. Because, you know, because well, you know how many... Tell the people how many rumors there are that go around about video games and all that stuff, like, every single day that you hear. It's crazy, right? Man, it's crazy, you know. Filtering, filtering what's real and what's not is, you know, it's hard work. <laughs> it takes a lot of time, and you know, especially if like, I don't really bother to the same extent that I used to, but like, um, nowadays I'm just like, you know, I'll just wait and see, you know. And if someone comes to me with something that I think is genuinely concrete, then it's different. But that's rare that that happens, frankly. That something seems so concrete that it can't be ignored. So, um, sort of navigating that sort of a lot, and a lot of people want to catch you out too. Like, there's a lot of trolls there, or like they tell you things because they want you to try and report it, and and then it's like, hey, look, he was wrong, you know. So there are people like troll trolling, trolling. Yep. I get I get and, a fair uh, share of those in, in DMs, like telling me like, oh, the next Xbox event is on this day, and this is the whole list of everything that's going to be shown. It's like. You really just yeah. want me to make a video about this? Like, I know you're pulling my leg. Why would I? Why would I do that? I'm not that hard up for needing views and clicks and stuff like that. Like, I'm just gonna yeah. fabricate some stuff. But back to the whole Starfield thing. So, um, I've, Todd loves the whole short kind of release hype window where it's like, okay, the game's coming out in six months. Here's a big walkthrough. They did it for Fallout Four. They did it for Fallout yeah. 76. I think it worked incredibly well for 4. 76 is an entirely different matter. I don't think the failure of 76 in the beginning was on marketing. I think it was just based on how bad the game was. Because it was marketed well. Like I thought Todd did a good job on stage showing what Fallout 76 was. And the other thing that I, I've noticed recently, Jez, is that they are really they really talk about Elden Ring. Or not Elden Ring. Got Elden Ring on the brain. But Starfield quite a bit. <laughs> You know, there was that kind of Todd Howard's been talking about concept art. There's been trailers that have come out recently. Like yeah. they're sort of hyping up Starfield in a way that I haven't really seen Xbox hype up one of their games in a while. Um, I mean, they're really talking about was... concept art. You don't normally see games uh, run trailers and talk about concept art for stuff. I mean, they certainly have, they didn't do that for Halo and that's their biggest franchise. So I, there's a part of me that thinks Microsoft knows what they have. They think it's going to be big. They're kind of doing this long burning uh, pre-hype with Todd and, and the, you know, uh, concept art stuff that they're doing. And then they're going to have the blowout uh, whenever they do their summer show and everybody like I understand right now people are like it's probably not coming you know the, the way the, the pandemic's still going on so people are still working from home and stuff but 
Um, I, I feel pretty solid about Starfield releasing this year. Yeah, same. But the problem is people are going to have to wait three months to see it, probably. You know, that's the, that's the other yeah. thing. People want to see it now. So I want to see it now. I mean, hell, I would love to see it now. You know, there's even a rumor. Um, I uh, think, what was it? Like somebody at DM me was like, I got a hot tip for you. And I'm like, okay. He's like, you know how Phil's receiving the uh, the uh, that award from Dice or whatever for the Lifetime Achievement? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Todd Howard's giving him the award. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, they're going to debut a Starfield trailer right after. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, and I'm like, but this guy was trying to pawn it off. Like he had like, I, you know, I heard from a friend. This is what's happening. And I'm just like, that wouldn't make any sense to roll a trailer for Elden Ring for 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 Starfield after Star- Phil's expect acceptance speech at Dice. Like that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But this guy was trying to mm. pawn it off. Like I have high friends at Xbox. I know what's happening. Like, okay, dude, sure, no problem. Was he whispering when he said it? I'm just saying, that's how some of these people try to act. <laughs> it's like, okay, yes. sure, sure, buddy. Um, Flame in the super chat, uh, thank you. He goes, good afternoon, lads. Really enjoying the best release from yesterday. Triangle strategy is a goat. Story choices remind me of old Bioware games. Jez, you're the resident Nintendo fanboy on this podcast. Really the only Nintendo oh, fan around. Uh, Triangle Whoa. Strategy is out. Are you gonna be playing it? You like you like Nintendo stuff, you know, right? I often do like Nintendo stuff, but I just I just don't have time anymore for a lot of this stuff. I don't know. Mm. So nothing to say about Triangle Strategy here. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, you know, it's uh, it's sort of inspired by the uh you know those classic um final fantasy tactics games right mm-hmm. it makes me wonder why this game isn't just final fantasy tactics like why not just make it final fantasy tactics i just it's that's that's weird to me because it is square enix right I, I, it's, yeah, it's weird but it's also annoying that it's not it's only on switch and you know is it going to be one of these games that eventually comes to place uh, xbox and playstation like uh, octopath did well, Octopath um, thinks only yeah. has only come to Xbox. I still don't think it's come to PlayStation yet. Oh, really? I don't think well, so. Um, I could be wrong. But I don't think strange. I don't think it has come to PlayStation yet. Like, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's just I just don't have time for my Switch anymore. There's too much I want to play on Xbox. Like you were saying, how earlier you were saying, like you don't get hype to play games in your backlog. Since Dark Souls, I've kind of got over that. Because I used to feel that way as well. And now, like, I just want to... I really want to just go through my backlog. Like, I was look, I was talking to people on Twitter about Dragon's Dogma the other day. So a lot of people were saying, like, oh, if you like Dark Souls, maybe you should try Dragon's Dogma because it's, like, superficially sort of similar-ish in some ways. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go through my backlog. I've got, like, loads of games I want to play in the backlog, so... I mean, I got a bunch of games in my backlog, too. Uh, Trey Dukes says, what's the news on Scalebound? Ah, the game that never ends. I still... Another (laughs) podcast, another mention of Scalebound. Um, Nothing's going on with Scalebound. I don't think anything's ever going to go on with Scalebound. Uh, Never? Well, I guess maybe... Never say never. So maybe something might happen. But, you know, Jez, I don't know if you saw this, but... Platinum released their newest game. 
Babylon's Fall, I believe it is. PS5, PC Wait. exclusive. That's platinum? Yeah, that's platinum. And uh, oh, apparently... No, I thought it was like Square Enix. <laughs> well, no, it's published by Square Enix. So oh, it, Did I know that? Platinum development pl- published by Square Enix. Currently got a 40 on Metacritic. <laughs> um, uh, I think launch night it had 600 players on Steam. So it looks like a game that uh, bombed. It's a PS5 and PC exclusive. And now it kind of makes sense why Platinum Games was talking about the idea of being acquired. And being like, Microsoft, let's work on Scalebound. Uh, because their newest game just probably bombed beyond their wildest expectations. <laughs> and I can't imagine Square Enix is oh. happy. So, yeah, a lot of that makes sense. They're probably like, hey, you know what? We would totally be up for acquisition. Microsoft, hey, Sony, whoever's out there willing to spend... Yeah, like, don't forget about us. And they just release a, a huge stinker of a game. Which is funny because that game's supposed to be a games as a service, but then they lock it to to, to PlayStation 5. It's like, if you're going to make a games as a service, the whole point is for it to be everywhere. Uh, But maybe, maybe Square Enix had no... Uh, like they knew what they had, and they're like, "Well, Sony's giving us some bunch of money. You might as well take it and make something off this, right?" Yeah. So what, what I don't get is like, why is Platinum so hit and miss? Platinum's made some amazing games, like Bayonetta and Mega Rising, really good game, and obviously Near Automata. What? Why do they go from that to this? How how do they do that? That's really strange. Um, that that is interesting. That's people have been asking that question for a long time. How do you have Platinum, who makes such masterpieces like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and Bayonetta One and Two, and Near Automata, to then the same people that make Babylon's Fall and you know Legend of Korra and uh, Transformers, whatever game they made, like their really low rated licensed stuff, like. That Turtles game that that came out a few years ago. Like, how do you make such great games, and then how do you make such crap shovelware? I don't know. Maybe it's just who's leading the teams. I mean, there there must be clearly mm. some divide or budget in in some of the games. But, um, yeah, uh, Cameron Mitchell, which that's my that's my sister's fiance, Jez, by the way. Wow. He says, "What about Saint Row?" That got delayed. It's coming out in August, Cam. And Sarah says hi. So, hi, Sarah. I hope you're doing well. She's probably working. She, she's, uh, she's working as a traveling nurse, Jez. A traveling nurse? Traveling nurse. That seems interesting. Yeah, well, she, um, you know, if you have your l- 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 nursing license, you can kind of go work in other states and make bank. Like, she's making big bucks. Because they, you know, Bang. there's there's a nursing shortage in the U.S. and you know some places you go to they pay more and uh, she's she's making the the, the the big dollars so you know so she's kind of like if you're a Randall millionaire she's Randall billionaire I wish I was a millionaire but no <laughs> uh, yeah I let's see. All you uh, Jacqueline, what's going on, buddy? He says, fellow Maidenless Tarnished, can you guys feel George R. R. Martin's influence in this game? I certainly can. 
When I read The Golden Gabe, I felt his influence. Yeah, I can definitely see his influence uh, in this with some of the naming, some of the item descriptions. Um, I found. I I don't know his work that well. I never never watched Game of Thrones fully, but um, I did notice there was a sword that was made of swords Mm -hmm. that kind of looked like a throne made of swords. So that was that was my soul. My soul, sort of like, oh yeah. Um, no, you're hundred percent right. Yeah, I saw that sword and I'm like, oh, someone got an inspiration for Game of Thrones. Uh, Aaron has been a member for 17 months. Thank you, buddy. He says, "Why, well, hello, lovelies. Uh, hello to everybody in chat. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday, and hopefully this time Gaz won't want to kill me because we're gonna be done before his show. Although there's really nothing to talk about. So, uh, Nightwolf, <laughs> he goes, no wrestling fans, huh? WWE 2K22 looks promising after the extra time they took. Well, I'm sure I'm rare company, but I'm excited for what's new this year. You know, I used to be a wrestling fan. I used to play a lot of the wrestling games when I was a big fan. Like, I remember playing, like, SmackDown and being a big, like, in high school when I was 15 or 16 playing uh, WCW versus NWO Revenge and WWF No Mercy. Yeah, WWF No Mercy and... WWF WrestleMania 2000, like loving those games. Um, but as I don't know, I kind of fell off uh, off of wrestling, and I kind of fell off the games themselves. But there is, yeah, they didn't release one last year, but now they're releasing uh, a new one, and I think that's coming out in in a couple weeks. The funny thing though is a lot of people have left the company, so like I think 20% of the roster is no longer with the company, Jazz, which is always very funny. Uh, no longer yeah, with what? with the WWE. So, um, is there like some big crisis in the WWE right now or something? A uh, big crisis. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people leave. are leaving for AEW. Um, like COVID really negatively impacted the business or something. I don't know. Something like that. I don't, I don't really pay attention to what's going on. I have some friends who do, but, um, I mean, I was hugely into wrestling when I was in high school. Like, hugely. I went to a bunch of live events. I went to house shows at uh, here in Chicago, at the Ridgemont. Um, I was at the show where Chris Jericho debuted in the WWE when the countdown of Millennium. Yeah, I'm dating myself. You know, I was, what, 17 <laughs> when that happened. Me and me and a couple, we, bro, we used to, every Monday night, uh, we used to go over to my buddy's house and we'd have the TV side by side, one watching WCW with, you know, the NWO for life, you know, Hogan, Hall and Nash. And now this isn't a video game podcast anymore. It's a wrestling podcast. And then we'd have, <laughs> we'd have the other TV with raw is war with stone cold, Steve Austin and the rock and, you know, triple hey. H and undertaker and all that stuff. And we'd all be there, and it would it would be amazing. And then we'd like literally would, would troll. We we would not troll, but like we would scour the internet for rumors about who was leaving which company and all the things that were happening. We were so into that stuff for like almost all of high school. We would go to the events and stuff like that. And then yeah, I guess maybe we kind of just grew out of it or whatever. But those were good times, man. Those were good times hanging with the guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had the same. We had the same thing. We used to because in the UK, Monday Night Raw was on at like the middle of the morning, or like 
early morning, like two in the morning or one in the morning or something. They used to air it again on a Friday. Um, so like generally people watched it the following week and because it was like the pre-internet era there was like no spoilers or anything online anyway well no what's funny but, uh, was was that wwf were would tape shows right they would tape shows because they weren't always live and then wcw would give off the results of the show so the inf- the whole infamous really? thing yeah so like because they were in the war like who was going to be number one and wcw was winning for x amount of time and so they would be like, oh, on, on, on Raw, this is going to happen because the shows were taped. And then the infamous Eric Bischoff, the, the infamous uh, thing happened where uh, he said, oh, Mankind, Mick Foley is going to win their title. And he said, oh, that's really going to put some butts in seats. And that was the turning point because people did actually want to see that. And it was a huge moment, even though it was taped. Yeah. I I know this stuff because I lived it. I was I was I didn't huge, even know it, I was I a huge wrestling fanboy back in my high school days. Loved it. Oh my god. Did, did Just, you uh did you backyard wrestle? No, I never did backyard wrestle. No, never did any of that. I, I have scars from backyard wrestling. <laughs> even now. Oh man. Um Wolf Assassin yeah. has been a member for nine months. Says, Hello, my fellows tarnished. I loved Miles Dampier's piece on Xbox Directs, but a job listing hints at someone helping make in showcases. Coincidence. Interesting. This is a topic, so I feel, you know, you brought it up, we might as well discuss it. Shout out to Miles, though. He had uh, the one and only Greg Miller of Kind of Funny and IGN fame on Xbox Chatterdays yesterday, Jez. He did. He did. He how'd, did. That, how'd that show go? Did you check it out? I haven't watched it fully yet. I dropped by, but it was like... Um... I was, uh, you know, with the missus at the time. We watched uh, Naked Gun. Have you ever seen that, Naked Gun? Yes, I've seen Naked Gun. Yes. <laughs> oh, great movie. But anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting that Miles, you know, a, a lot of people start banging the drum about they should do a direct, they should do a direct. And I've actually spoke to people at Microsoft about this. There is a sort of a, a mini rebellion within Microsoft where there's like a lot, a lot of people within Microsoft saying, yeah, we should do something like this, but there's like, you know, wh- whether or not they're going to do it or not is often, you know, resides in someone else's, you know, remit or whatever. So it'd be interesting to see if they actually do go ahead with something like Nintendo direct. I personally think they should. I think when we polled the audience, you guys were pretty split on it. Like a lot of people wanted that classic, e3 mm-hmm. blowout whereas other people were like yeah give us random bits around the year so like it was people were pretty split on that and i was quite surprised but um i don't know i guess we saw another one of them wait and see right don't have any information on that well the reason I people are talking about this and i put it in the title is because they are hiring for a director xbox broadcast and event strategy lead which would lead people to believe that, like, okay, well, they're going to be doing more events if they're hiring a director. And one of the things that it says is, as the broadcast and event strategy lead, you will be responsible for building and delivering a world crash strategy that is innovative, innovative and showcases the future of storytelling at Xbox. Oh, crap. Can you link me that? I'm going to write that as a story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't, you didn't know about this, homie? No, I didn't. I've just been... I, I had the last couple of days off work. So, like, when... It, it's really dumb, because I really like... I really enjoy 
Xbox stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, but, clearly you built your career around yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's kind of like, what what should I do on my day off? Should I stop looking up Xbox news? But I actually like looking up Xbox news as a hobby. So then it's like, well, do I? Can I even? Am I even capable of taking time off? I don't know anymore. I don't know, Ryan. But yeah, I didn't see that. Please send me a link. I did. I DM'd it to you. I mean, basically, it says the Xbox programming and events team creates video content and event experiences that delight and engage the global gaming audience. These experiences and broadcasts reach millions of players, fans, and other audiences around the globe every single year. We are a team that is super passionate about gaming and storytelling. We pride ourselves on connecting with players around the world in innovative and interactive ways. We obsess about learning and trying new things. Most of all, we help foster an emotional connection between Xbox and the players, creators, fans, and make it all possible. We are looking for a creative and proven leader to help evolve our premier video broadcast and event strategy and to lead a talented team of marketers to bring that strategy to life. As the broadcast and event strategy lead, you will be responsible for building and delivering a world-class strategy, a world-class strategy that is innovative and showcases the future of storytelling. This includes assessing how premier video broadcasts and digital slash physical events can best delight our audiences and support business needs over the next three years. You will also lead a team of creative and talented marketers and executive producers and help them deliver on that strategy. So, hearing that, Jez, what do you think they're talking about? I mean, they literally mentioned digital and physical events, so... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, like, Microsoft... We've talked about it before, how, like, with... With Bethesda and the QuakeCon stuff, and they've got MineCon. With if they do manage to land Activision Blizzard, then they're gonna have BlizzCon as well. And that kind of begs the question: like, do you do you have one event, or do you have keep them all separate? Or like, God, what 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 do you do? It's having someone in charge of strategizing what the hell you meant to do is probably a pretty good idea at this point, I would say. But well, normally again, it's another one of them. Normally, like, um, I've talked to people like Phil. Um, and I asked them like, Hey, how, when do you guys start planning for E3? This is when they were doing the physical events. I don't know if it's really changed since it's kind of moved to digital and I know E3 is canceled, but we refer to the big show in June as E3. That's kind of just like tradition. I know it's not E3, but it's like, that's what it is. You know? So it's like, I just call it that even though there really isn't an E3 anymore. And he always said like planning always begins like right after the current E3 ends. And especially you kind of like have meetings towards the end of the year. So I would imagine they're already planning or have been planning whatever they're planning to show this. I would assume they're going to have a show during the summer. Um, we, cause we've talked about this before. Um, I don't think right now Xbox has the capacity. Well, capacity is maybe the wrong word. I don't think Xbox has the games that are coming out this year to warrant three shows, right? Mm. Um, next year, however, that's a different story. And then 2024, 2025, that's different. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons they're hiring for this position right now, because these are the sort of things you need to plan out uh, in the future, because you need to get all of your studios on board and be like, okay, we would like something from you. We would like something from you. These things all got to be put together. And I know there are a lot of people asking for more shows. I mean, I would love more shows. It would give me something to talk about. I love to see new games. Um, I just also feel that 
Microsoft wouldn't really show anything. I can already picture how this would go in my head. Because when Sony does a state of play, and it's mostly indie games, and then maybe a first party game, people crap on it. Because what people really want to see is they want to see big AAA experiences, and they want to see the big first party stuff. People don't want to see indie stuff. And I'm... Look... I'm not saying indie stuff is bad. I love indie stuff. I'm saying how the normal audience views stuff, right? So anybody listening uh, who loves indie stuff, I'm not saying indie stuff is bad. I'm saying the general audience doesn't want to see it, and every single time a show is focused around smaller indie games, people people are like, this isn't what I tuned in for. So because Xbox's content is light this year, which we've been saying... I don't know, forever that 2022 was going to be light, just like last year was, uh, a lot of their events would be focused on smaller indie content potentially coming to Game Pass. And I already could see the reactions from people saying that this is that the show was quote-unquote garbage or trash or not worth my time or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because what people mm. really want to see is, I want to see Hellblade 2, I want to see Avowed, I want to see Perfect Dark, I want to see... You know, whatever big AAA game, you know, Back for Blood 2 or whatever is, is set to come out. But you need to fill in the gaps with the smaller indie games. So when PlayStation's done it recently, they get they get crapped on by their own fans. So I think knowing that, I think they're probably a little more reluctant to, to go out and have a show. I mean, just remember... Um, when, when they did the show last year, Jez, or was it last year? It's 2020. No, 2020, before the new consoles came out. And it was like, they did the show in May. And it was mostly smaller games and then like Assassin's Creed. Do you remember how the people reacted to that showing? They weren't very happy, yeah. were they? No. Right? And I, I kind no, of no. I kind of feel like if Xbox did a show next month and it was mostly smaller games coming to game pass or that xbox is partnering with and then maybe like here's a look at redfall i think people would still be upset because they don't want to see the indie stuff um and yeah that's, that's just my they opinion don't, they that. don't want to see the they don't want to see the indie stuff taking up the stage i think is but the problem is that's all that, that would that's all they would have there isn't, you know, with, with all that's going on right now, Xbox doesn't have a lot coming in this year. And I don't think they're going to show anything from next year. So that's why I sort of feel like you're hiring for this person now because you know in the future you need to do multiple shows. You need to start planning for that now, but not this year. That's just my two cents. I could be completely wrong. Maybe they're going to have a show in April or, or something. Uh, but I sort of feel that with the way this, this year is, it'll be one big show in the summer with a, a huge focus on Starfield as like the primary thing. And then, and then basically kind of a look at 2023 with the titles coming next year. And then next year you could have a show in March or February that showcases some of the stuff coming early in the year. And then you can have another show in the middle of the year. Yeah. If we, if what we think, if w what Xbox's plans look like actually proceed, 
because there's like they have a ton of games planned for next year. Now, not all of them are going to make it, but it's definitely more than the two they have, two or three they have planned for the end of the year. So, um, yeah. Um, Onyx in the super chat says, "Can you imagine if Infinite releases on 2020? We would only have Forza on 2021." Just two games for Xbox first party. Just one game confirmed this year, Starfield. We don't even know how Redfall plays. I mean, yeah, that's what me and Jez has been saying since 2020, though. I mean, I don't think anybody listening to this podcast who's been listening for this long time would be shocked uh, by that revela- <laughs> revelation because me and Jez uh, mm-hmm. have been specifically talking about this for uh, quite some time. Um, and yeah, and when you when you put it like that, it doesn't really... Uh, sound too great, but you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul says, it it sucks, but it's also like, it's, it's not going to last. This is, it's, this is the last year where this is, we have these sort of droughts. I think, I think we are sort of moving to an age where it's going to be like, there's going to be more content than people can handle. It's just going to be, it's just going to take time, you know? And especially if they do land Bethesda, which, you know, is nowhere near what I describe as definite at the moment. And if they do land, if they do land Bethesda, they're going to have exclusives out of Bethesda as well. I think like, um, not Bethesda, Activision, Activision. they do land Activision. Um, they're going to have, they're going to have mountains of exclusives, like absurd amounts of exclusives. And because, you know, yeah, Call of Duty might be staying multiplat. Um, but I think a lot of their games won't. I think like maybe if if they land the deal, um, I think Diablo Four, yeah, probably Diablo Four will stay multi-platform because they probably won't land the deal before it's finished. But I I can see a world where Diablo Five goes exclusive. I see a world where like Overwatch Three goes exclusive. Maybe I don't think Call of Duty will ever be exclusive, but I think some of those sort of extraneous Blizzard franchises will go exclusive. I do think like if they do if they do do StarCraft Ghost, that's gonna go exclusive. If they do make a Warcraft action RPG, that'll be exclusive, you know? I think it's just Call of Duty that's sort of guaranteed to not be exclusive, but um But that ain't what people want to hear, man. They don't want to hear that you've got to wait because let's be honest, Rand, we've been waiting. We've been waiting a long time for a lot of this stuff to to sort of come to fruition. Um we've sort of I don't know. We've definitely turned a corner when it comes to the old, the way things were during the Xbox One generation, but we still there's still a degree of what I would what I would think of as a holding pattern almost. But I don't know. Luckily, there's a lot of stuff to play as long as you're willing to explore outside of the hype train, right? Yeah, I mean, that is true. A lot of people put a lot of importance on exclusives, right? Rightfully so. I mean, they are kind of what separates console ecosystems for one another. Um, So when one of them has, like, a really good game, they kind of brag about it to the other ones. Um, But then, like, got a game like Elden Ring, which is going to probably far surpass most exclusives. I mean, I don't know. Elden Ring's talked about more than most games, period. Not only on Twitter, but on YouTube. Like, my whole recommendation feed is basically all Elden Ring content. It's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it is wild. Yeah, so... The sheer amount of... the Windows Central doubles his traffic last week. 
just literally literally double our traffic well that's what that's what everybody wanted to know about man they wanted to know about easy cheese builds like sorcery builds you know with the one shot 60 <laughs> 60 intelligence staff where you can like one shot enemies and stuff i know you running that build jazz i'm trying i haven't got the staff yet well, that's the thing you gotta you gotta get the bloody staff first <laughs> you know and uh sorcery is great until you have to fight in close quarters then you get one shot in but um i do love my sorcery i do love it although yeah. i'll be honest i found like i found uh Mel- i didn't find melee to be too hard either though to be honest but um, i don't know paul There's says that whole debate paul says soccer 2 was pushed back to december and with everything going on in ukraine hopefully it gets pushed into 2023 for all their employees safety um I mean, I think they kind of insinuated so that they stopped development on the game for good reasons. So yeah, I don't really expect Stalker 2 this year. And anybody using the potential delay of that game to next year for console war is pathetic in my opinion. So I'll just... They're not just pathetic. They're pure scum. Yeah. If If you are someone who's using the delay of Stalker for console war, you are scumbag trash and you should be banned from the internet. Ochiwacha says, hello, Xbox and ponies, PC master race still rules, make love, not Warcraft. Hmm. Hmm. I did see an article that said, uh, with the Activision Blizzard acquisition, which, sidebar, you mentioned to me that you you don't feel confident that that's going to actually pass. Yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm about 50-50 on it at the moment. Because like investors certainly don't believe it's going to pass because the the share price is trading below what Microsoft's offering right now, mm-hmm. which is not what you'd expect. Um, but also the stock market's down in general because everyone's freaking out and probably like the last thing people are thinking about are video game stocks. But like it constantly keeps coming out that Activision's still having problems. Like they can't hire people, they can't retain talent, nobody wants to stay. You know, I mean that could be a sort of an argument for the acquisition that they desperately need new leadership if their if their companies to survive right that could be an argument for it but it could also be an argument like from microsoft's perspective like are we actually going to get a company here or are we going to get a hollow shell of a company that has nobody left because there's still a big crisis within blizzard retaining staff having high quality staff and all that kind of stuff so i don't know i don't think it's a done deal at all anymore I was sort of like, yeah, this will definitely happen. This will definitely happen. I don't think I don't think the FTC will block it. I think it might fall through for other reasons. Like uh like Microsoft pulls out and thinks like, oh God, probably this was probably not a good idea. Or Blizzard lurches from crisis to crisis and you know has even more issues and stuff like that. I don't think it's for certain right now. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just being negative and pessimistic because that's the way I'm feeling at the moment. Yeah, yeah, because they did come out and they said uh, they needed to hire a woman for their board uh, by the end of 2021, and they didn't, and they blamed the Microsoft acquisition, even though they were told they needed to do this back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, they came out and said it's really hard to hire. Yeah, no wonder, because it, your company is a horrible place to work. So no wonder you can't hold on to people. Now, you know, there, there's kind of um this whole... People like a lot of these, like we've seen a lot of games get announced with blog posts, Jess, or Twitter posts. When normally you would have a trailer, right? We saw um, 
uh, what are some games recently that were just announced out of nowhere, like Grand Theft Auto Six? Um, God, I'm blanking on some other big ones. The bl- the Blizzard unannounced survival game. Blizzard survival game. Yeah. Uh, the the couple Star Wars projects by Respawn. There was a whole bunch of big games that were announced in blog posts simply because like people need to, like they need hire. And there was a report that came out about um, Quantic Dreams, Star Star Wars Eclipse, which I sent to you and I thought was hilarious because they put out a trailer which looked cool. And I guess the whole purpose was they were using the trailer to kind of uh, help, uh, you know, be like, hey, come work with us. But nobody wanted to wants to work for Quantic Dream because Shocker, I guess they're a horrible company to work for too. And because of that, now that game is looking like it won't actually release until 2028. So six years from now. So That's crazy. Yeah. That is optimistic, that is. <laughs> but I also wonder what the license holder thinks of that is like. Are they are they cool with the game taking that long to come out? I don't know if there's time limits on that stuff, but like you know people kind of can pick and choose where they want to work at. You don't necessarily have to work at Activision Blizzard anymore. And you're right. that Maybe that's an issue for Microsoft. They complete the acquisition, but all the talent's gone. Sure, you own the Call of Duty IP, and maybe someone would say the IP is bigger than the people who make it, but, you know, like, that could be an issue. It, it seems like they mostly retain a lot of the people at Bethesda, but I would imagine a lot of people are going to bounce ship from Activision Blizzard, so let's wait and see how that all plays out. But, what I wanted to say about the Warcraft thing was uh, I think there was a developer, an ex-developer at Blizzard that says he thinks that Warcraft 4 is going to happen now once the acquisition goes through. That like Activision never wanted them to do Warcraft 4 because it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. But you know Microsoft is obviously going to feel a little bit differently. They're going to need a lot of games. And he thinks that Warcraft 4 would happen. Would you want to see a Warcraft 4? I would. I, and I think I think Warcraft 4 would like be perfect really because warcraft 4 is kind of like i don't know if you've ever played warcraft 3 around but it had really strong rpg mechanics that's like one of the weird things about warcraft was it had like these rpg elements that other rts's didn't really have at the time like you pick up items and you sort of controlled the heroes more like they were they were individual characters which is where the whole moba genre came from it was originally a mod for warcraft 3 so warcraft 3 had these heroes which had like equipment and levels and and all that kind of stuff and no mmo had really done anything like that before uh no rts sorry and i think that fits perfectly within the whole idea of having an rts that you can reliably play on console because i think like if you were taking direct command of some of those units controlling it with a control with a joystick would be like fine and dandy um but uh you know on that note I do think they are bringing Age of Empires to Xbox this year as one of the other games to expect. Now, if you're an Xbox fan, like really desperate for new games and you are waiting for Age of Empires to come to Xbox, I think the, this year could be could be the one. But I'll have to wait and see about that. But yeah, I'd love to see Warcraft 4, man. Everyone would. But um, hopefully with different writers than uh, World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft writing right now is absolutely garbage <laughs> mm. Mm. interesting uh my man punkadish has been a member for 12 months as one year supporting boys randages keep it up guys much love uh felipe says god howard will take over 2022 soon after e3 um achievement says do you think elden ring could inspire elder scrolls 
six in some way. I'm playing Elden Ring, and I think some of the mechanics could complement the franchise. Um, what do you think, mm. Jez? Elden or Elder Scrolls Elden becoming Scrolls. like Elden Ring or, or a Souls game? What do you think? I don't think I don't think they need to do that for for Elder Scrolls because like Elder Scrolls just has its own thing. One one of the things that Elder Scrolls does need to improve is its melee combat, like its first person combat. After playing like Elden Ring, which has immaculate first um not first person combat, immaculate melee combat. I think like a lot of these games that do have melee combat are gonna have to step their game up. I'm absolutely in awe at the amount of combat animations that are in this game. Like it's truly absurd that you can pick up like basically two weapons of the same class, but they handle completely differently because of like, uh, you know, different, you know, uh, weapon arts you can get and stuff. So I do think that Elden Ring has changed my expectations of what itemization in the game must look like. And maybe like Elden Ring needs to look at that too. Like, it's not like, um, I don't know. A lot of the stuff in, a lot of the stuff in Fallout and Western games that have these kind of mechanics, they're kind of like they're just arbitrary. They just slap modifications on existing weapons. But Elden Ring's weapons, like they just handle completely differently. Like they have all different attack animations and all that kind of stuff. So maybe on that level, the itemization they could look at and the cl- class building. But I don't think they need to make it a Souls-like. In fact, mm-hmm. I think they definitely shouldn't make it a Souls like. Everything doesn't one need game to that be I do Souls like, right? Could be a... Yeah, yeah. But honestly, Ryan, one game that I think could benefit from Souls like mechanics is Gears of War. Oh, interesting. More like Rem- more like Remnant. Remnant of Ashes, maybe. Yeah, after playing Remnant from the Ashes, which is basically like it's like a Souls light. It's not quite Souls like. It has some vaguely similarish mechanics. It got me thinking about how they could raise the stakes in Gears of War and stuff. I can still keep the easy modes and stuff like that, but I do think like bringing it more in that direction could help Gears of War find some differentiation and stuff, and maybe attracting a more hardcore crowd. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Georgie wants to know: Ask Jazz if he's heard anything about Killer Instinct Two. Please, Jazz. He really wants to know something about Killer Instinct Two. Jazz, come on. Help, help a brother out. Yeah. George wants to know. I'm sorry, man, but I haven't heard anything that isn't already out there. Uh, Special Nick said, um, Special Nick of Xbox Era fame said that he thought it was coming. And um, I personally haven't heard that it's coming, that aspect of it. But someone did, I got a vague hint that Microsoft was working with. Um, Microsoft was working with a Japanese publisher, possibly Bandai Namco, on a fighting game. And they're, you know, obviously that would be Killer Instinct, right? One would think. But one would think, yeah. Uh, Nine Live says, uh, Jeff Grubb said he heard NXL could be working on a Fallout game. What do you think? Jeff Grubb said that? Supposedly, be yes. Well. There were I I did very interesting. I did hear rumors a while back that there were going to be Fallout games before Fallout Five. Um, I don't. I remember hearing about it, but I kind of was just like, eh. And one of one one of the studios mentioned was it was in Exile, and I was kind of like, 
okay, what would NXL actually be making? You know, like, are they making a new Fallout game? Would they, I don't know, but it, that is something I remember hearing about last year. But, you know, Jeffrey Grubgrub, if he's kind of putting it out there, speculating, um, I don't know, how would you feel about NXL? I, I do feel that Microsoft wants a Fallout game this generation, right? Like, Fallout I'm 5 is too far away. Right, even if Obsidian, which we talked about last week, doing like a Fallout Chicago or a Fallout New Vegas two or a Fallout California, that even would still be what six years away, seven years away, right? Still a yeah. long time. I I do feel like Microsoft wants a Fallout this year, so or, or this gen at least, ra- earlier rather than later. So we know from your reporting that Exile is working on uh, Project Cobalt. Or was it Project Cobalt? See, I get some of these confused. Yes, Project Cobalt. Project which is Cobalt, a, which is a yeah, steampunk, steampunk RPG, yes. right? For was is an FPS? I thought it was an FPS too, right? Yeah, steampunk RPG FPS on the Unreal Engine. Yeah. So I could believe. they possibly also have another project that might be Fallout related as well? What do you think? Well, this is the this is the cool thing about the Creation Engine. It's like it's rapid to iterate on the Creation Engine. So. If they are going to make um, a true Fallout game, like a spin-off, like a New Vegas kind of game, they could potentially iterate quite quickly with the Creation Engine because it's de- that's what it's designed for. The Creation Engine is designed to be like some a developer developer described to me, described it to me like Lego blocks, you know, and that's why it was so easy for Bethesda to make make a whole base building system in the game because that's basically the same system they used to build the game, you know. So potentially it could be like a case of um, them building a game on the creation engine, a spin-off similar to New Vegas, maybe set in a new place. Maybe they could do like, I don't know, Fallout Colorado or something. Although like they've already like they already did Wasteland say in Colorado, but you know, there's there's loads of locations they could explore for a Fallout game. And um I think that makes a lot of sense if they're doing a creation engine game. Sorry. I'm choking here. But on the flip side, what if they were making like a Fallout Tactics game using the assets and engine and the code that they use for Wasteland 3? Because that could also be pretty cool as well. Like um, your VAT system, which is already in Wasteland basically under a different name. And um, a lot of those mechanics, but in the same world. For me, that makes a little less sense because Wasteland 3 only just came out and it'd be very, very similar to Wasteland 3. Because let's face it, Wasteland and Fallout are almost the same franchise. <laughs> and they're practically all the same franchise. Like if you if you go and look at the history, uh, you know, Fallout only exists because they lost the rights to Wasteland. So like Fallout was basically Wasteland 2, the original Fallout. Um But yeah, maybe a creation engine game. Because Inexile does know their way around RPGs, they know their way around branching narrative really well. And honestly, I absolutely love Inexile's writing. It's just so damn good. But they're, I don't know what you call it, the tactics genre, a lot of people just ain't into it, you know? Um, you're not into it. Uh, are you, Rand? You don't like tactics no, games. I don't care for yeah. tactics games. But if Inexile, but that's the thing, I want you to experience their writing because their writing is great. It's like, it's up there with like, you know, Obsidian for, for humor and, you know, they're very, very dark humor, <laughs> frankly. Very, some of the people in Exile, 
a bit twisted, <laughs> frankly speaking. But um, in a good way, in the in the best possible way, a bit twisted. But um, more people would experience their writing if they did make a a creation engine sort of FPS Fallout RPG. I'd be totally on board for that. But yeah, I I don't I don't want to wait a million years for Fallout Five, Rand. I I can't, you know. I mean, I hope I hope uh, your Fallout fans get the game that you want sooner rather than later. But yeah, uh, Nightwolf in the super chat says, "Rand, thanks for that. You just tugged at my heartstrings with that nostalgic callback to my N64 days of WCW No Mercy. Love your fandom. It's for sure not the same." Yeah. Uh, Chris says, "For Jez, has there been any more info on the big Halo Infinite mode and development at certain affinity since the Windows Central article?" Uh, I haven't heard anything. I'm afraid. Um, it's another one of them wait and sees might be cancelled might be still in development personally I think it I think it is still in development and I, if I remember correctly off the top of my head it's still a f- they had like I think they had like was it this summer or next summer in mind I can't remember but it was still it was still deep in development like there's just it's just a long way away yeah so uh, Jacques when was... I heard about it it was a long way away Jacqueline says, so 2K is going to make Lego games and the Lord of the Rings licenses for sale. Guys, what does this mean for the future of WB games? Jez? Hmm. The, wait, what? The Lego, the Lego licenses for sale was that? I think 2K, 2K is making, 2K is making Lego games now. So the license might've switched. Uh, Hmm. Cause normally the Lego games were made by WB, but now 2K is making Lego games. And the Lord of the Rings video game, I think movie license, is up for sale. And, uh, mm. you know, I think WB had, at least for a bit, the licenses for that. So, does it mean anything? I have no clue. This is, I mean, this is one of the reasons why Microsoft didn't want to buy Warner Brothers, what I heard. Is that all this licensing stuff is, is a bit of a mess to deal with. Um but I haven't heard anything myself. I mean, what do you think, Oran? Because you're, aren't you? I think I'm pretty sure you're more of a fan of Lord of the Rings than me. Yes. I haven't even. I know, I've never played a Lego game actually. Yeah, except so I, for I'm a huge like Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> I mean, did you like the games? I thought the yeah. I thought the first Shadow of was it Shadow of Mordor the first Shadow one? of Mordor and then Shadow of War, yeah. I thought Shadow of Mordor was really good and it had like good charm and the systems were really interesting at the time. But I thought Shadow of War was Ubisoft-y and shallow. Did you get that feeling as well? I, I don't know. Like it almost like... And also there was that whole controversy about like to get the real ending, you, ba- you have to basically grind for a million years, incentivizing you to buy the microtransactions, which really just put me off from playing it completely. Yeah, but, I remember that. Um, I know. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed those games. I've even played like the when EA had the license and they made like uh, some of the games based on the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, be interesting to see who picks up. We talked a little bit about this last week because we were like, who should pick up the Lord of the Rings gaming license? And we kind of oh, yeah. both came to Amazon because they have the license for the TV show that they're doing, and they're also making a big push on on games and stuff. Like maybe they pick it up, maybe Disney picks it up or whatever. Um, I think I would like I would prefer Disney to pick it up I mean I know, I know like a lot of people sort of 
They don't like this whole, like, oh no, Disney owning everything thing. But I'm sorry, but they've done a pretty great job with Marvel and Star Wars. So, and at the end of the day, it's only movies. It's not like they've got a monopoly on drinking water or something like that. It's only movies. You know... And they've, I, they've proven to me that they can do a good job. I would say if the Disney-Fox merger was happening now, it probably would get blocked by the government. By your boy Biden? Biden? Is it Biden no. or Biden? Joe Biden. Biden. Yeah. I mean... I know I know. it's like, but wait a minute. I want my, I want my, my X-Men and my, Mar- and my Disney movies, but... You know, they're they're being seems like they're being a lot more aggressive towards isn't it mergers and yeah, stuff. Isn't it true? But it, isn't it true that the the acquisition, the merger went through because nobody objected to it? So like it just sort of went through by default. I'm sure I read that somewhere. Yeah, but that, different administrations had an opportunity, different priorities and stuff, so but now it might be like they might be more strict on stuff and be like, you know what? You're not, you're not, you're not getting through. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Sergeant Rake says, listening to you both whilst chopping wood in the background or backyard, making my tasks highly enjoyable, gents. Much love to you both. Chopping wood, huh? That's that. Chopping wood. <laughs> Never thought I'd ever get a super chat from someone saying that they're chopping wood listening to us talk about video games. That's, um, dude, like, we have to do that here, like where where I live. We have a wood burner. And we have to every summer. We have to chop a load of wood for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm a city boy, so I was like, oh my god, they they literally chop wood. This is so quaint and countryside ish. Installation so. seven, Jez. He says, uh, Ran and Jez, what are your predictions for which Xbox Game Studio projects will be shown off this year, either in June or at the Game Awards later? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I think that we're going to see a lot of Bethesda stuff this year. I think we'll see we might I think we'll probably see Indiana Jones this year. I think basically I think this is the year Bethesda when it comes to Xbox related projects and stuff. I think we're going to see more stuff from Bethesda games and Xbox Game Studios this year. I think next year we might see more from Xbox Game Studios like Undead Labs and whatever, but I think we'll see more from Bethesda. I think we'll see Indiana Jones. I think we'll see maybe Id, what Id's working on. Um, I reckon, obviously, we'll see Starfield this year, obviously. But I don't think we'll see too much from Xbox Game Studios this year, except for Forza, per the rumors. But maybe Rand disagrees. What do you think, Rand? Randy, I mean, Randy, son. Avowed. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll see Avowed this year. Uh, Contraband. Which, I mean, that's global publishing. So I just kind of wrap it into first party. I think you'll see Contraband because I think that's coming next year, right? Um, yeah. What else? Um, I mean, it really depends on what's the schedule for 2023 because depending on who you talk to, Perfect Dark is supposed to come out next year. I don't think it will. But if it is, then we probably might see it again. Uh, Hellblade 2 is supposed to come out next year, which is the case. Maybe we see more of it sometime this year. Uh, I think even Fable was initially a 2023 title, but I doubt that very much. So I think that's 2024. Uh, I think we'll see Compulsions game this year revealed because I think Mm -hmm. that's coming next year. Um, 
I don't think we'll see Project Dragon because I still think that's further away. Yeah, I think that's further away. And then you got like a Bethesda, so you got you know Starfield and Redfall. Um, yeah, I do think we see another look at Mich- uh, at. Uh, I think we see the first look at Indiana Jones from Machine Games. Um, and yeah, maybe we do get like kind of a teaser or something for for what it's doing. I don't know. There's a lot of there are a lot of things that they could work on. That's the whole point. Is like. There's tons of projects, and even trying to think of like the thirty some odd studios that they have, and in my head, yeah, like I can't of think of all. I I I have to like have a list written down of potential projects that I can pull, but just off the top of my head, um, those are the ones that come to my mind. So, yeah, uh, Shab says Sackcast Studios game replaced, maybe delayed to their Belarusian dev team, who have Ukrainian devs. They tweeted this. Yeah, well, that's. You know, if making a video game when you're, you know, when you got, you know, when you're in your cranes, that's, that's the least thing that you're thinking about at this point in time, you know? So, like I said, anybody using stalker or replace getting delayed as console war stuff is just a pathetic piece of garbage, you know, Uh, regardless. So, uh, Cade says, Hey Jez, after the act, uh, Activision Blizzard acquisition is complete. Do you think then would be the time for Blizzard to start on a sequel to World of Warcraft? Or should the MMO continue as is? Oh, are we going to get a World of Warcraft 2? We need a Warcraft 2. Yeah. I'm going to write about this sometime. The engine is just run out of steam. Like, that, it's amazing what they've done with that engine. It really is. Like, the, the quest designers, what they've done. Because to, to make quests in World of Warcraft, they basically have to bolt different systems together on top of each other and sort of they have to break their own game to make new mechanics and new systems to actually make new quests and they're really really stretching the limits of what they can do with that engine world of warcraft has no like the game has no real sense of gravity in it so like a lot of things like physics and stuff they just don't exist in that game and physics like a sort of one thing that you would probably need to have to add more dynamism to your game. But at the same time, that increases server load and, you know, MMOs are MMOs are a business. They're like they're an existing, evolving kind of business. So it's you when it comes to game design, they're always the the approach is a little bit different than a regular game. But I do think it's probably time that we they explored or at least considered Warcraft 2 because at this point, at this point, that engine is 17 years old, I think, off the top of my head. That's pretty extreme, right? Mm. So, uh, yeah, but who knows? I think like the, the base World of Warcraft still got some life in it because even now, World of Warcraft has better combat than Final Fantasy XIV. And it has better combat than New World, even though it is an old-ass engine. It's just so damn responsive. It feels so damn good compared to a lot of other MMOs out there. But at the same time, there's not a lot they can do with it. So maybe they... I think when... when I mean, correct if I'm wrong about this round, but when Microsoft first buys Activision Blizzard, they need to clean house. Yes, 100%. They'll be, they'll be cleaning house. They'll be organizing things again. You know trying to get the company into sort of a better frame of mind, you know, change the culture a bit. 
and sort of make sure that everything's as you know it needs to be and then they'll probably start looking to what franchises to revive like i hope they go to the devs and be like you know what do you guys want to make you know are you content are you contented working on this forever you know and look at some of their other franchises that have become dormant like starcraft and all that kind of stuff that no another one of them wait and see baby yeah our uh, Elden Ring friend, Sin Vendetta, says, Hey, Rand, had to pop in and congratulate you for getting into Elden Ring with your boy, Jez. Hope you're enjoying the game. <laughs> I am. I am level... What did I hit last night? I'm level 75, and I hit 40 hours so far. And, yeah. Although, I think me and Jez both have get to the point where we're like, maybe we're over the exploring of the open world at this point, and I kind of just want to, like... Uh, just do what I need to do to beat the bosses and beat the game. Cause I was exploring so much. I think I have like 11, uh, 11 swigs of my, my crimson flask with like a plus eight on it. Um, which I was in a party with my, my buddy gopher and he, he's right about the same as me, but he only has seven. I'm like, you only have seven. Like I have 11. Like I'm swigging for days. Like I'm fighting bosses Dude, and I'm just, you the man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm when I fight the boss, like I, I'm very aggressive when it comes to boss fights. So I get in there and like, whatever, I, because I'm running like, um, like a berserker build. So I'm running like two huge swords and I'm just getting in there, swing and jumping at them. And yeah, I'll get hit, but it doesn't matter because I got 11, 11, you know, flasks that I'll just use to get my health, like basically, and it's a plus eight. So like I have over a thousand XP because I'm right now, I'm kind of putting a lot of my, uh, my levels into to health and I'm just kind of like, get it at my house at the bottom and boom, one, one flask and I'm back at the top and I'm like, I got 10 more to go and I just go crazy aggressive, you know? <laughs> Man, like that's the complete opposite of me. Like I've I've got I've got two hundred hours in the game across two saves because I had to do I did a melee I started a melee playthrough for for work because we had like we needed someone needed to write a melee guide and we had Miles who was running through it to complete the game. Another chap was running through it to do boss guides and I was like, Well, I'll make them I'll make a separate melee guide and do um and do uh a melee guide or whatever so i end up with two saves and um as a result i'm sort of like my main save which is my dude with um the magic like he's pretty far behind i think where i'm meant to be at this point in the game but i was ex- just exploring so much i was just like constantly exploring that i just sort of um didn't really progress <laughs> through the game at all um because that's what the game can do to you but then i start realizing that I'm just sort of, I'm not really getting any useful items from doing all this exploration anymore that are useful for my class. So I'm kind of over the exploring now and just sort of following the main story and maybe looking up where I need to go to get the certain sorceries I want and stuff. Well, that's the thing about Elden Ring. You can sort of play it how you want. If you do want, if you do want that experience of not knowing where anything is and stuff, you can you can do that. And if you try and explore everything, you're, gonna, you're looking at a 300-hour game, I think, probably. But if you don't have that much time, you can just use Fextra Life's interactive map, find the exact items you want, and just sort of pl- plot out your journey through the game and then just ignore everything else. Yeah. Kind of. 
Uh, Faye says, uh, what are our thoughts on other game devs talking bad about Elden Ring? I have seen that kind of tweet chain make the rounds a little bit, Jez. Yeah, that was... I thought that was really cringe. Like, mm. what? why attack your fellow devs like like that? I just thought that was really strange, personally. I don't know what you thought about it. Maybe they feel that uh, from software is getting a pass for things that their games have getting docked for. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it is a bad look. I don't know if you really should be doing that publicly like that, right? But I don't know. The, um, the one of the guys who did that um made his account locked Protected his account. It, yeah. No one could yeah. But you know, once you tweet something out and people grab it, it's on the internet forever. So. You know, yeah, a little that's, bit. you know, that's why, that's why you shouldn't be, uh, you know, talking bad about microtransactions when Xbox does it and then say it's no big deal when PlayStation does it because people have those tweets, <laughs> especially if you're trying to grift and trying to make, uh, trying, trying to, you know, pass along how so much better PlayStation is. But then when PlayStation starts doing all the things Xbox is doing, and you hating on Xbox for doing all those things, but giving PlayStation a pass for it, people are going to look at you a little side-eyed, you know? Yeah, uh, so you got to be careful of what, what you say on social media because people are going to grab everything. Um, but yeah, DB Cooper says, he is chopping wood while I'm burning wood in my backyard. You guys help pass the time. Any thoughts on what comes out next year? I mean, I think a lot comes out next year. Uh, Avowed, Hellblade 2, Contraband. Um, I'm just just those off the top of my head. Uh, Compulsions game, I think. Um, Isn't that could hold some stuff back? Could there be like Coalition's new project? This year? Yeah, I think I think there I think there definitely will hold stuff back. But I think there's, you know, there's gonna be quite a bit. And if there's not, I'll be you know if. <laughs> Look, I'm expecting. I, I expected 2020, 2020, 2021, and 22, 2022 to be light. Like, if you go back and listen to these podcasts, I was very much, me and Jazz were out here being like, yeah, there ain't going to be much. But I think, you know, for a while, we're like, no, 2023 is supposed to be when all starts. And if we get to 2023 and it ends up being like all the other years where it's like, well, all the games are once again at the end of the year and there's three of them, I'm going to be like, this this isn't how it's supposed to, <laughs> supposed to go. Like, you know what I mean? I'll be definitely mm. a little perturbed at that point. Um Perturbed, good word. Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about here? Um, oh yeah, the the Halo update. We kind of talked a little bit about it before. Mentioned that they put out Halo. How do you feel, Jez? I mean, because you put out a tweet that basically said, "Hey, Halo should have been delayed." Because uh, I think Paris had said something similar that you know the game wasn't ready, and it's pretty clear hindsight twenty twenty that maybe the game shouldn't be ready but they released uh i don't even know what you call it a roadmap but so halo infinite season two is called lone wolves and it's coming on may 3rd there is one new arena map called catalyst and one new big team battle map called breaker there are three Mm. new game modes one last spartan standing land grab and an updated king of the hill uh co-op will be launching during season two but not at the beginning Four-player co-op and I think two-player local co-op as well. And Forge is on track for Season 3. The next Season 1 event, Tactical Ops, starts next week. Uh, 
Marketing and info on Season 2 will start in April. And Forge is already in private flighting with public flights coming later this year. And they also posted this thing called about Priority Zero, which is, they have a thing called Priority Zero, which is uh, undergrinds everything they do, namely team health with an emphasis on getting ourselves into a sustainable development rhythm so that we can deliver great experiences to all of you while keeping a healthy work-life balance. Priority Zero means that we sometimes need to move slower so that we can move faster later. And frankly, these last few months have been slower than we expected. And we sincerely thank you for your patience as we stay true to the priorities above. So, uh, how do you feel about this Halo update? I mean, I'm not a Halo fan at all. Um, I thought Halo Infinite was monstrously average in every aspect. Um, As you know, um, I liked it at first. And then I was like, the more I played it, I was like, actually, I'm bored of these two maps. (laughs) I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. So, does it do enough? Probably not. But at the same time, the industry has undergone a lot of transformations in recent years. And I think like there is a huge shift towards anti-crunch culture. But what that looks like for service games, which demand constant updates... Um, I think he's still sort of, uh, I don't know, in flux maybe. Maybe they're still trying to figure out how it, what it looks like when you when you're sort of trying to um, balance, um, you know, the whole crunch culture and you know burning everyone out with um, having a steady flow of content. And I think what what you ultimately need to do is probably hire more people, right? If you want to, if you want to have like a game that has regular updates that to retain players, you need to have a lot of content. And if you don't have the content because you're operating with an aggressive anti-crunch culture policy, which is great and important, and I totally support that that there should be there shouldn't be crunch, then I think Microsoft needs to open its wallet and hire more people. And to some degree, it looks like they are trying to do that. Like they do have a ton of vacancies if you go on their website for all of their studios. And it does to some degree look to me that they are trying to to do that, to offset crunch culture by just, you know, having loads of hiring. But are they there yet? Probably not, you know. Um, Is it going to be another one of those? Like, well, you just have to wait for them to ramp up and stuff. Because there's a lot of service games out there that sort of went through this period where they launched, the content was thin and slow, everyone was kind of salty about it, and then and maybe they better. left and explored other games. Yeah. But then it, yeah, but then it did get better. Like No Man's Sky is a pretty good example. Of I this. mean, all of them, Jazz. Um, sea of Thieves, big first couple seasons yeah. were bad. Apex Legends, first couple seasons were bad. Uh, Call of Duty, like it's almost. Nobody really has the best live service approach uh, out there. Um, so, like, now, so co-oping essentially, well, kind of delayed again. Uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, they said it would be there season two, and it's still there, but it's not at launch. So now, like, people are talking about, like, the game should have been delayed and should be coming out in in May instead of coming out last fall. I, I think it's just... 
I can see both sides of the argument. Like, part of me's like, yeah, they should have delayed it. And, like, part of me's like, I don't like this whole culture of release it now, fix it later. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, it's also free. Yeah. So you're it's... not really losing anything for not playing it, you know? I think there's certain it's people that, that want to want the game to have the game and then like never never get bored with it and never like jump out, jump out from it and like the live it, it really does seem like the live service aspect of Halo Infinite is kind of letting the game down at this point because people enjoyed the campaign right co-op's not there which I still think like as much as I enjoyed enjoyed that campaign. I, I was just thinking when I was playing through it, like, oh my god, how much better this game would be in, in four-player co-op with like the grapple hook and everything. Like that game's made for co-op, and it sucks it wasn't there. And like the multiplayer, the underpinnings of the multiplayer is really great. It it sort of seemed like the live service stuff is what kind of uh, people had problems with. They had problems with the progression and the challenge stuff, right? And they changed that really quickly, and people were able to get to 100 in the battle pass like faster than 343 wanted them to because they knew that season two was going to be delayed uh an extra you know two months or whatever and people were like well people aren't happy with this so we need to change this now people are done with their battle passes and they got nothing to do and you know there was the stuff about pricing and i think 343 is trying to figure it out so I think when 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 if you've ju- if you've fallen off a of Halo Infinite, and one of the reasons you've fallen off is like, I'm sick of playing on the new maps, or I'm sick of playing on these maps. I think then seeing like oh, there's only one new big team battle map and one new arena map probably doesn't like probably doesn't really excite you because you probably thought there'd be more. Um. So. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I sort of do feel like maybe kind of like with Battlefield 2042 and Call of Duty Vanguard, the other two big shooters this past fall, maybe it would have been best for both those games, for all those games if they were all delayed to this year. Maybe it would have been best for Halo if it was delayed uh until, you know, May of this year or fall of 2022. Although they got a lot of crap for delaying it one year, I can't imagine how much more crap they would have gotten it delayed for another year. Maybe they yeah. need to have the game out and then figure all this stuff out on the fly that what people actually want, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not a game developer. I don't know how the things work. Uh, these all these things work. Uh, so I just know that a lot of people in the Halo community are upset, and there's definitely people are upset that those people are upset. Right, I, I see it. I see it all the time. Like, like you know, <laughs> how can those people be upset at three four three? Give them, give them time and all that stuff. And it's just there's kind of like a clash going on of their of, of between people that are upset with what three four three is doing and not addressing stuff fast enough, and then people are upset at those people being upset. Uh, so yeah, I just I I fell off of Halo Infinite. I'm going to play through the campaign again when the co-op comes out. Um, I think I've said from the start what the game needs is a battle royale. I, I've i been saying that from the beginning. It's 
And I know some people in chat will not like me for this, and probably longtime Halo fans won't like like. Battle Royale is the dominant gaming multiplayer mode right now. And mm. if you're launching a multiplayer game and you don't have the dominant gaming mode, then you're probably going to see player drop off like Halo Experience, especially on PC. And I do mm. think a, multi, a, a Battle Royale will come at some point. It's a 10-year plan. I'm sure they have something in, in you know um, out there, but... It's hard to tell people to be patient, right? And to say, look at these all these other examples of games whose first couple seasons weren't very good and then got really, really better. Because it's always tough to tell somebody, yeah, right now it may not be great, but a year from now it's going to be outstanding and you'll have so much content that you know what to do with. It's tough because people have sometimes a, a very hard, uh, it's very hard for them to envision the future. To think like, well, it's going to be better than it is now because right now is not very good, and I think a lot of a lot of Halo fans sort of feel like that. So uh, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, the gameplay is great, but I'm bored of these maps. I want to get rid of these PC cheaters, all that stuff, and now I'm not getting any new maps hardly, and you're not addressing the cheating. Uh, you know, it's it it seems like they it seems like three four three doesn't care when I assure you they really do care it's just i don't know i mean you made the decision to go to free to play you made the decision to go to live service um so it's like these are all things that you have to deal with you you have to deal with the fan base that is very vocal and ravenous and wants new content all the time you know um and you're not competing with call of duty warzone season one or Fortnite season one or sea of thieves season one or any of these other games that have been out for a while rainbow six season one you're competing with all those studios that are in lock key and step and know what they're doing because they've been doing it for a while and they're pumping out content because they have their well-oiled machine right and you're just starting out so it does look bad in comparison to what's out there right now but A year from now, maybe that's not the case. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I don't really think it's a great update. Um, a lot of the talk on social media is that it should be, it should have been delayed until this up. But even so, if it had been delayed to this update, you only get an extra two new maps. I don't really know if that's three new modes. Like, mm, I don't know. We'll see. There's been plenty of stories of games that have gotten better as it went along. But I do... I, I also kind of agree with you, Jez. The whole idea of like we'll release it now and fix it later, I don't really care for either, right? So release yeah. it, release it's, it now. We'll patch it later. Fun. But then what happens? They got Battlefield 2042. EA thought the same thing, and now nobody cares about Battlefield 2042. Period. You know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. F's in the chat. F's in the chat. Sin Vendetta says, Hey, Rand, can't listen live, but just wanted to pop in and say, I hope you're enjoying Elden Ring with your boy Jez. Glad to see you get into these games. Have a good weekend. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying Elden Ring. Uh, 40 hours in, level 75, and um, having a blast. So uh, you were right, and so is Jez. Uh, Installation 7 <coughs> says, People would probably be more optimistic if 343 actually knows that theater mode and custom games are still broken. 
Um, let's see. Richie says, think there's a chance we'll get another exclusive Ninja Gaiden game on the Xbox platform? Mm. Good question. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be something. But I would like that. Yeah. Um, there's, so, there's so much they could do. There's so much they could do. But they've got... One of the, one of the things that concerns me about Xbox right now is the sheer volume of stuff they've got to organize, you know. Like, how long is it going to be before we start seeing the results of some of this complexity that they've sort of put on themselves almost? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Jez. We've been saying that for a bit. So. A bit. A bit indeed. Uh, Georgie says another reason for times exclusives on the level of Final Fantasy 16. Um, Keyshawn Thompson has been in for four months. Says, hey guys, great show. With Elden Ring out of the way, what are you looking most forward to in Starfield? Hashtag swigging for days. Um, what am I look- most looking forward to Starfield? I guess. I'm kind of. Sorry, go on. Here go it's tough to really say because like, we haven't seen the gameplay. So. I'm a sucker for sci-fi, so there's a part of me that is always going to be interested in the story in a sci-fi game. But then I'm also like, what's the combat look like? You know what I mean? What type of guns are we using here? Um, what is the, what is, how like, what? How do you tra- traverse systems? Are you actually flying a plane? These are questions I have. You know, is Tom Cruise going to be a voice actor <laughs> in the? <laughs> You know, um, yeah. It's a rumor, right? I mean, there was, yeah, there was that thing, yeah. I don't know what. What are you? What are you looking forward most to in Starfield, Jazz? I mean, it's tough to say because we haven't seen anything from it. So, well, I mean, like, I'm sort of I extrapolate from kind of stuff they did in Fallout Four because that was like their most recent, or Bethesda Core Studios' most recent game. The coolest thing for me in Fallout Four was the base building. Um, I I thought, like, the RPG branching narrative really took a step back, so I really hope they fix that in the sense that our choices matter a bit more than they did in Fallout 4. I Fallout 4, I felt like my choices didn't matter, which was, you know, it was the wrong direction for what I expected of a Bethesda game. So I hope they fix that, and I think they will. I think they saw that criticism a lot in the reviews, and I think they will fix that. Well, one of the things that I'm interested in is like the base building mechanics from Fallout 4. Like, could they translate that somehow to designing our own ships? Like, you know, is there going to be ship combat in the game, even if it's sort of like an on rails kind of thing? Like, how how much sci-fi are we talking here? Like, is it just going to be, is it just going to be Fallout in space? Or are they actually gonna push it out and add some like new sort of systems and mechanics to it, like that you wouldn't expect of a creation engine RPG? Like, can I build my own custom spaceship and you know do some form of combat with it, even if it's like a sort of you know almost like a turn-based kind of thing or, or something, you know, or it's like an automatically resolving combat scenario or something? I just want to be able to create my own spaceship. That's what I really want at the game. Let me build a spaceship. You let me build a base in Fallout 4, which was great. Now I want to build a spaceship. But that's the thing, though. We don't know anything about 
the game or what to expect. It's almost like shrouded in this strange mystery. Yeah, and I remember I think Todd saying that game had so much hype for a game that nobody knew anything about. Um, I thought that was kind of funny. But it's a Todd yeah. Howard game, so and it's exclusive. You know exclusive games get a lot more hype than a lot of other games, right? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Xbox Game Pass got a pretty big game. Uh, it's coming soon. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Jazz. A lot of people call it the sleeper hit of 2021 from uh, Square Enix yeah, and Eidos Montreal, even though Square Enix came out and said, hey, the game underperformed. Is Square Enix ever happy with any of the games they put out? Because it always seems like they always say their games underperform, but... That's coming to Game Pass, which is like four months after launch, I think, because the game came out at the end of October, so November, December, January, February, four months. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, have you have you played Guardians of the Galaxy? Are you planning to play it uh, when it hits I Game Pass? I haven't played it. I'm not really planning on playing it because I'm not a Marvel dude. Oh, but okay. maybe I'll just, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go out my, you know, Maybe I'll I'll subvert my own expectations and give it a try. Cause it's, it's it's really good. I mean, even though you're not a, Mar- it's not like it's set in the MCU. It's just you know a story about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Jez, it's really good. You should you should give it a chance. Anybody out there who I hasn't who hasn't really played it yet, uh, definitely check check it out when it comes uh, comes to Game Pass. Um, I'll give it a chance for you, Ryan. Yeah, part of me hopes that Xbox liberates. Idols Montreal and Crystal Dynamics from Square. I think they're completely underutilized by them. I don't think Square appreciates them. And I would personally love it if Xbox uh, took those two studios under their wing to work on future games. That'd be cool. Uh, Because I don't think, I I don't, I just have this feeling like if Square is going to shut down these studios, like Idols Montreal, like they did Deus Ex and Deus Ex was basically, you know, fridged right because it wasn't selling and then yeah i mean deus ex they did deus ex mankind divided and it didn't sell well because sale like these sales for these games are never good enough for square enix so they're like nope done with deus ex and then i was montreal had to do tomb raider right uh they did tomb raider uh shadow of the tomb raider which if i remember correctly also didn't uh square enix wasn't happy with because they wanted to turn Crystal Dynamics into making, you know, games as a service. So they had them make Marvel Avengers, which they weren't happy with. And then Idols Montreal's like, well, we can't work on Tomb Raider Deus Ex, but we do have the connections with Marvel, because Crystal Dynamics working on the Avengers. Why don't you work on Guardians of the Galaxy? And then Guardians of the Galaxy had, like, some of the worst pre-marketing blitz I've ever seen. Like, people were like, that game looks horrible. But then you actually play it, and it's amazing. And it doesn't sell well, and now so it's like, okay, what are we what are we doing with with these studios? It seems like they don't they don't know what they're doing at Square when it comes to these things. Just sell those two studios to Microsoft or whoever else, PlayStation, whatever. Get get them out from underneath Square Enix because they're being completely underutilized. And let's have a brighter future for them, Jazz. You know what I mean? Yep. They Square Enix like they're they're. Some of the industry websites are actually writing articles like, "What the hell is wrong with Square Enix?" <laughs> like, like people don't get it. The Square Enix is, I don't know, strange company. 
Like they they have all this talent and they're just sort of wasting them in a way. But I don't know. So they've been doing it for years. They've been they've been Square Enix has almost been entirely relying on its Final Fantasy operation, which I think is relatively hands off. You know, um, compared to like their Western operation, which they don't let go hands off, and they run it really poorly for whatever reason. Yeah, but uh, Gash, with you. Some, Ga- someone else should buy them. Gash Mustache says, "Is it safe to say Bioware is in the bin now?" Haven't had high hopes for new Mass Effect, to be honest. Like Jez, I love it, but I got a feeling it's gonna fall flat. Isn't isn't there some got... good feeling for the new Dragon Age? Are people saying it's kind of shaping up to be good or something? Yeah, I've got some. I got some mild information about this. Like I've heard that the new Dragon Age is shaping up really well, and like I'm someone who's super pessimistic and have I've been on record on this show many times. To say that I don't have any faith in anything with the with the EA brand on it, but I've heard from people I trust a lot that Dragon Age Four is shaping up really nicely, which is a shocker to me. So I'm like, you know, I'm still kind of like I'll believe it when I see it, but it does sound like there is hope for Bioware at the moment, and um, I think EA might have learned its lesson a little bit, maybe for at least temporarily which might result in a few good games from Bioware until they forget again and try and make them try and get them to make a service game. Cause we know that's, that's what EA likes to do is like, they're like, Oh yeah, we're good now. And then they do a couple of good games and then they forget how to make games again. And then they do a lot of bad games and we have this cycle. That's the, that's the EA cycle. We'll call it. Um, but it does sound like from what, from sources that dragon age is shaping up really nicely. So I'm, I'm more optimistic now because the people I trust said that it looks good. So yeah, there's some optimism for you for a change. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just one other thing I wanted to talk about because I always, it always kind of, I get tagged in this nonsense every single week, and I think we've talked about it on the show. But the UK physical sales, Jez, versus mm. actual sales, um, and it's just this is something I just wanted to prove because Elden Ring. Right, because normally we we get sales from MPD once a month, but we get like UK sales once a week. Um, Elden Ring really had a great launch. I think it was like the biggest non FIFA uh, was it like non FIFA la- or, la- yeah, or Call, Call of Duty, Duty launch yeah. since like Red Dead Redemption in 2018 or something. It's absolutely huge. But people use the physical sales charts of the UK as console war ammunition because when it was, it was reported that the sales split for Elden ring in the UK was 80, 20, 80% for PlayStation, 20% for Xbox. And every single week a multi-platform is released and it has that sort of split. People use that as, Oh, this is more and more proof that nobody buys games on Xbox, Right. That they're just waiting for Game Pass. It's just, you know, uh, you know, communism gaming, whatever the hell they call it, right? Uh, <laughs> no, nobody's buying games on Xbox. 80 to 20%. Like, that's pathetic, right? Utterly pathetic. Of course, they do this every single time because it puts PlayStation in, in like, a really good light. And it also puts Xbox in a really bad light. And that's what a lot of these guys love to do. It's not enough that PlayStation has to succeed 
Xbox has to fail, right? Yeah. However, these people don't realize that the UK physical charts is basically irrelevant, right? It means nothing in a world of, of, of all digital. And Xbox is primarily almost an all digital platform at this point. Um, so the full numbers came out, Jazz, right? For Elden Ring with digital included. So we went from physical sales, 80% PlayStation, 20% Xbox, which, yeah, look bad right? But suddenly with digital included, the splits are 40% PlayStation, 30% PC and 30% Xbox with eight, with Xbox selling uh... 85% of, uh, of their sales, uh, digitally. But Mm. nobody really talks about that. It's like, it's interesting. So now, now the split with digital included, it went from 80, 20 to suddenly 40, 30, which is in line with the hardware, uh, you know, splits in the UK. Um, and I just wanted to point it out once again, because I get tagged in this nonsense on Twitter and it's just, I just wanted to say for the last time, hopefully that nobody should be using UK physical charts to talk about the success or failure of any game or any platform because it's completely meaningless. And I know you agree with me on this jazz. Xbox does skew digitally, and one of the reasons for this is the Xbox One, because when they announced the Xbox One, they were pretty much like, yeah, this is the digital console, it's going to have digital check-in, it's going to be digital this, digital that, and a lot of people who went Xbox for that generation, they all went digital, you know, and also Microsoft pushes digital more, there's like ads on the dashboard, which everyone everyone hates the ads on the dashboard, right, um, and yeah, nobody wants ads on the dashboard, but at the same time, the ads on the dashboard contributes to the digital split because people see ads for games that they otherwise wouldn't. They see sales for games that they otherwise wouldn't and they make impulse purchases from the dashboard that they otherwise wouldn't. So like I've heard from sources um, at Ubisoft, funnily enough, that they their performance on digital on Xbox is stronger than it is on PlayStation because um, because, of, because of the way the dashboard is set up. That it's set up to be a digital console and it's set up to push people towards digital and it's set up to lock people into digital somewhat. Um, you know, we can argue about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Fine, but what it doesn't represent is you know the the split of where people are buying games. They're, both platforms are very healthy and doing very well. So you know, leave the console war to one side for five minutes. Yeah, and just uh, have some gaming time. Capcom also announced that Resident Evil Two, Three, and Seven are getting next gen enhancements. Jez, is this? make you want to replay any of these games when they eventually get the Series X uh, enhancements? Yeah, maybe, actually. Like, I really enjoyed Resident Evil 2, and I actually, um, I want to do it the reverse way. Can you can you actually do that in Resident Evil 2 Remake, where you, like, do Sonoro A first, or, or Claire first, and whatever? I don't know if you can I even think, do that in the, mm, the remake. I don't remember. It's been a while. You might be able to. Yeah. Maybe you can't. I don't know. I have to, I also think, like, I really do think Resident Evil 3 should have just been a DLC for Resident Evil 2. There's, there, there was no business for that game to have been full price. And I, I think I completed it in like three hours. Like, seriously, you're going to sell me a three hour long game for full price? But I don't know. That's a, that's a very old discussion. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I might go for it again, maybe. Um, they the sort of be like the definitive versions of the game. And, you know, Resident Evil 7 is awesome. I really, really love that game. So, 
I don't know. I'll probably give it another go. Will you give it a go? Or no? I mean, I played through two twice. I did both paths. I played through three once, and I've done... I played through seven two or three times, so probably not. Um, Fair enough. If I did play any of them again, maybe it would be three because it's the shortest. I don't know. I I love seven, and I love two. Uh, I don't know. Maybe... hmm. Yeah, I probably won't. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I was thinking, like, maybe, you know, I go through Resident Evil 2 again, but, you know, I've already kind of... Um... Well, I I was thinking that I might consider it purely on the basis that there's not much coming out this year. Um, That was my thought process. But I still haven't completed Dark Souls 2 or 3 or played Sekiro or a lot of the other games that I'm interested in playing from software, from from from. from 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 software um so i don't know there's uh there's gonna be a long wait for a lot of stuff i yeah. think uh i says i thought overall sales mattered not just parcel digital sales um it was more just to point out that physical sales are meaningless essentially uh that you can't get a full picture of everything with digital included and that, you know, the idea of, of saying a game is a failure or a platform is a failure because based on one country's physical sales is a joke. That was basically the reason for saying it. Um, yeah. Jonas says, Elden Ring reminds me a lot of Morrowind. I've seen that a lot recently, so people say that it reminds Kaled. them a lot of Morrowind. When I got to Kaled, I actually, the first thing I thought was Morrowind, I think. So okay, yeah, that that, that area is pretty damn awesome looking. I, I really like that it area. It looks intense. Yeah. I um, also like the people who made Kaled are creative geniuses, but also very mean, very nasty people. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> Kaled is horrible. It's a hell hellscape, horrible place, and I hate being there. And I, whenever I go to Kaylee, I think I, I'm looking forward to leaving because it's so, so horrible here. But I'm actually there right now as we're podcasting, fighting a dead, a, a death bird that's trying to murder me very horribly as I, as I podcast. Yeah. But I've got to the point where I'm a little bit OP, so. Um, you know what? I think, I think that's going to be a good point to end the show there, Jez. I think we talked about everything that I had written down. Um, if there's any questions uh, from the people, uh, make sure you put them in chat and we'll do our best to answer them. Um, I hope everybody has a great rest of the weekend. Hopefully there'll be more to talk about next week, but thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure you hit the like button, subscribe if you're new. Um, you know, we'll have this up on podcast platforms uh, really soon, probably later today, maybe probably maybe, most likely early tomorrow morning. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all that stuff. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in on Saturday, an hour earlier than normal, especially with nothing to talk about. We had over uh, almost a thousand people, which is amazing to see. So, thank you guys so much. Thanks so much. Um, Jez, there was this little other thing I wanted to briefly talk about while we wait for some questions. Uh, apparently, 2.3 million Xbox consoles have been sold in Japan across all the generations, according to Famitsu. Um, across all generations yeah so Xbox 360 sold the most with 1.6 million 
And then the OG Xbox had 472,000. Xbox One sold a, sold 114,000. Look at that drop off from Xbox 360 to the Xbox One. 1. 1.6 million no. to 114,000. However, on the bright side, Xbox Series X and S is already past the Xbox One at 142,000. So still a fall drop off from the 360 and the OG Xbox, but it's doing better than the Xbox One. And uh, that's why when Microsoft says it's their fastest growing market, it really doesn't mean much. <laughs> you know? Cause yeah. It's um, still better than nothing. Uh, Happy Cloud Gamer says, uh, don't forget xCloud mouse and keyboard support's coming. I did see that. Yeah, oh, Jez. Yeah. Xbox Clouds. You're, yeah. the one, you're the one that's all about xCloud. I'm surprised you didn't mention that. Yeah, it was actually like, it was it was an interesting like random footnote in one of their blog posts recently when they were talking about, I can't remember off the top of my head. They were talking about Flight Simulator coming at Xbox. And yes. they were just like, um, and they were just like, uh, yeah, Flight Simulator is coming to Xbox. And uh, yeah, we know a lot of people like playing Flight Simulator, Flight Simulator with mouse and keyboard. And I don't know exactly when it's coming, but we, we are working on uh, mouse and keyboard support. Out of the blue. So, uh, yeah, mouse keyboard support is coming for xCloud, which is going to be huge. It's going to be a really big deal because it means they can start putting PC games on the cloud, which I think is going to change the game a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. And the top five best-selling Xbox games in Japan, can you guess what number one is? Mm, Pokemon? No. Dead or Alive 3. It sold 270,000 copies. Number two is Star oh, Ocean. F- what? Are these Xbox games? Xbox games in Japan, yes. The top the uh, best sorry, selling. So Dead or Alive 3 at 270,000. Star Ocean 4 at 208,000. Tales of Asperia at 204,000. Blue Dragon at 203,000. And The Last Remnant at 154,000. So interesting numbers from uh, Japan over there. So. Let's see if we got any questions. Let's see. Um, Omega Chris says, Resident Evil 4 Remastered, a remake. It's happening. It's come, I think, this year and next year. Now, I don't know of happening in the world right now. And someone else asked about the chances of Resident Evil 4. When do we think Resident Evil 4 is going to release this year? Or when do we think it's releasing? I think Resident Evil 4 is going to be next year. What do you think? Yeah, I think Resi 4 is next year, probably. Yeah. What I really want to know about Capcom is, like, what the hell... What happened to Stigmata? What happened? Stigmata just disappeared out of nowhere. Stigmata? Do you remember, don't you remember that game? Am I, I remember... Or Pragmata? Am I, Pragmata, not Stigmata. What's Stigmata? Uh, that got delayed in 2023, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is that officially delayed? I oh, okay, think no. it got officially delayed. Usually Resident Evil... If I'm misremembering, don't Resident Evil games usually get launched early in the year? Like, Resident Evil 8 launched March of last year. I think 2 and 3 also released early in uh, the year, too. Like, I, well, I actually think Resident Evil 2 released in January. Resident Evil 7, I think, released in January as well. So, normally Resident Evil games typically release the first three months of a year. So, that's why I'm expecting Resident Evil 4 maybe early next year. Um uh what's up Kasante? He says what are the chances that Redfall makes 2022? I think they're good. Um Yeah, I think it makes 2022 for yeah. sure. I, I think it's going to be I don't I I 
think it's not going to make summer. Summer is basically what um, July, August, September. I think I think it's going to come out in fall. I think it'll be like an October release, right around Halloween. You know, with the whole vampire stuff. But I I, I think it'll release this year. Um, George wants to know why doesn't Microsoft partner with Japanese developers like they're doing with Avalanche and IOI Interactive, like for, like partner with Kojima from Software, Bandai Namco, Team Ninja. It's probably harder for them to do because they don't really have a lot of support in that country. Nobody, like, as we just talked about, nobody really buys Xboxes there. Nobody really buys games. So it's probably much harder for Microsoft to make those partnerships, which is why maybe it's a big deal if they can actually lock down the Kojima partnership, right? Yeah, it's uh, there's a culture there's a cultural aspect there for sure. Like not not knowing like the right people or having the right connections or the business relationships and stuff like that. And um, I do think they're working on that because they've literally hired someone whose job it is to facilitate that. And personally, I think like I think I said before, I think a good strategy would be, you know, leverage Shinji Mikami and see if he wants to. Because originally Tango Gameworks was supposed to be an incubator to find Japanese talent, and if he still if he still wants to do that, then like you could you know have build that up as a sort of you know Xbox Japan, make it a whole division, and then put see if Shinji wants to you know run it basically. Um, that's like a probably a, a far fetched idea by me, but. I do think they, if they do want to expand into Japan, they need some more of those games and those relationships in place, those style of games, which, um, you know, which Western devs just don't do that well, if at all, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Token Wait, says, see. do you think the Twitter algorithm is pushing more console war engagement lately? Um, uh, that's an interesting question. I think social media in general thrives on conflict and they probably like a lot of the time accidentally push conflict because if that if you if the algorithm detects that you engage in in these kind of console wars if you click on them or anything like that um there's a chance that it will just be like oh yeah we'll we'll show you more of that because you engage with it doesn't matter if you liked it just if you clicked on the tweet or clicked into someone's profile to see you know if how stupid they are, they they'll count that as a like, which is really annoying. And TikTok does the same thing, um, and so does Instagram. So, if you see more console war stuff, I would say just start blocking accounts on mass. That's what I did when I started seeing console war stuff. I just started spam blocking the hell out of everything, and now I don't see a damn thing about console wars ever because I blocked literally half of the bloody platform. Well, Twitter has those lists where you can follow like Xbox, PlayStation or stuff. And the things is that the console war tweets happen daily and some of them get a lot of engagement. So if you're following a topic like Xbox, you're going to get a lot of those tweets. And like Jess says, if you're engaging with that stuff, then you're probably going to get shown it. So, um... I don't know. I I use well, them. Yeah, that's an, that's another thing though. It's like even if even if it's even if you're not engaging with it, if if like someone's crapping on Xbox and they're saying like Xbox sucks, Twitter will be like, oh, that's part of the Xbox topic, so I'll slap that in there. And then if you've engaged with the Xbox topic, you, maybe you'll see it like that. Algorithms suck, basically. Yeah. I mean, they 
I've gained. In fact, there probably is a good chance that they are showing more console war tweets. And it, it's probably symptomatic of the fact that they're showing more interest based tweets than they used to. And the reason I think this is probably true is because since Christmas, I've gained around 5,000 followers, which is like the most amount of followers I've ever gained in a short space of time out of nowhere. And I was I was really confused as to why this happened. I was like, what the hell? Like, where did all these followers come from? And maybe it is because they're they're ramping up algorithmic stuff and algorithmic engagement. And maybe that's why, like, it, that's happening more. But that's purely speculation on my part. Could be BS. I could be just making that all up. Yeah. But uh, uh, Whittia says, Jez, the conflict in Ukraine highlights problems with the sourcing of some rare material rare metals and gases for manufacturing of tech how do you think it will affect the sourcing of ps5 in the series x consoles um don't care tell me how it matters when people's lives are at stake i really could not care less about rare metals personally but i don't know that's just me don't care about rare metals it doesn't matter well, I would imagine um, if it is hard to source them, then it'll probably there'll be more shortages. Um, but like Jess says, it doesn't really matter when you have like real conflict going on because of it. So, um, yeah, let's see. Um, Sean says, "Do you think Xbox needs more mobile devs? It seems like Take Two have a lot of mobile dev studios. I believe a lot of mobile game studios will be bought." Uh, and soon Xbox needs to act fast. I think you said that they should buy more, shouldn't they, Jez? Yeah, uh, more mobile studios, yeah. To help kind of like port games to the phone um, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's all the questions that we see, I see in here. So, uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, we'll be hopefully back on Friday with a lot more to talk about. Uh, maybe I'll have Elden Ring done by then, and I can give my proper thoughts mm. about the game. Um, so yeah, um, enjoy your weekend, guys, and uh, keep it gaming. Later. <laughs>